mediums and spirits who whisper and mutter, should not a people inquire of their God? Why consult the dead on behalf of the living? To the law and to the testimony. If they do not speak according to this word, they have no light of dawn. Distressed and hungry, they roam through the land. When they are banished, they look they will become enraged and look forward, will curse their king and their God. Then they shall look towards the earth and see only darkness and fearfully gloom, and they'll be thrust into another darkness. Thanks be to the Lord. We're going to do something normally during the sermon. I'm the one talking all the way through, but I'm going to ask you to talk to your neighbors for just a moment, okay? And here's what, here's what I'm going to ask you to talk to them about. What's your New Year's resolution? Okay, I know you haven't thought about it yet. It's still a month away in terms of how we normally do it. But, but to get us, get us in the mode, I want you to look at your neighbors and talk to them for just a moment. What's your New Year's resolution? Okay, go. Okay, how many, how many of you already knew exactly what to talk about? Yeah, a couple of us, okay. How many of you go, I hate resolutions? Okay. How many of you keep resolutions for no more than seven days? I'll put both hands up. In some sense, Advent really is for the Christian calendar that's what we call it the christian calendar it is a way of of putting us in a posture where we say lord at the start of this new season of remembering your story i recognize that my life does not fully line up with your story and and i need some changes in my life and in some sense advent historically in the church has been a season where there has been confession there has been fasting. There's been times of, of what is called examine, where we say, where in my life am I lining up with God? And where in my life am I running away from God? It's a season that is, is meant to be contemplative. Now, I know we don't experience that in the North American culture. In fact, we tend to experience quite the opposite during this season. It is so rushed and so full and so go, 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 go that we can't wait to get done with Christmas. Yeah, how many of us have said that? Just can't wait to be done with Christmas. We get sucked into the momentum. And, and so part of what we are doing here in worship, as we gather in worship this month, is to create space for us to slow down, to stop for a moment 
to recognize that, that the pace we're living outside of these walls is driving us forward so that we don't have time, we don't have brain space or heart space to simply be still, to listen for God's voice, much less listen to God's voice. So this morning, we are going to slow down. It's not going to be a whole lot of talking on my part, but enough to explain the text, enough to give us that glimmer of hope that, in fact, God is talking to us, and God does desire for us to come to him, even as we anticipate that day of celebration of remembering how he came to us. This text starts with some pretty heavy and dark words. Have you noticed that? Spiritists and mediums, when someone tells you, go consult a spiritist, go consult a medium, it's usually not language we use these days. Of course, as, as Betty even mentioned in, in her uh, comments, that, that we see it on TV. There's the 1-800-PSYCHIC number, or 1-88-PSYCHIC-whoever that we can call. If you drive on... Upper James, about every month and a half or so, it, there's a sign by one of the hotels that says psychic gathering this weekend. It is part of our culture. We live in a culture that is desperately saying, where is God? How do I get in touch with the spiritual? How do I know what's coming? How do I know what to expect next? It's actually part of what Israel was going through too. I mean, they had a history of, of running away from God. They had a history of coming up to new circumstances and saying, we've got to figure out what to do. Let's go. And from the time of King Saul on, you can look at the ways the different kings of Israel turned away from God to consult other, other religions, other ways of contacting the spiritual world. King Saul, at one point after he had been, been rejected as king, uh, he, he decides he needs to hear from Samuel's voice because Samuel always spoke the truth to him, but Samuel's dead. So Saul disguises himself and he goes to consult a medium, the witch of Endor, as she's called. And he goes to talk to her and, and, and lo and behold, he does consult her and Samuel's ghost, it says, appears. But Samuel, Samuel speaks God's truth, that Saul has been running from God and turning from God and leaving God, and because of that, the kingdom is about to be taken from him. You begin to see, shortly after King Solomon, a number of the other kings who start to do evil in the eyes of the Lord. They, they forsake the ways of David, who sought the Lord with all his heart. And instead, they start leading the people into a series of sins. Some of them are erecting monuments and poles at which people would come and, and worship other gods. Some of them erecting what's called high places, where sacrifices would happen, but, but it was really geared towards honoring the moon and the stars as if the moon and the stars controlled our lives. It was their version of our contemporary astrology. <laughs> Have you read your horoscope lately? Let's go to the high place. We'll check it out. That's kind of what they were doing. 
But the wickedness of Israel's kings continued again and again to multiply. And, and they got to a point where not only were they hiring and paying temple prostitutes to walk around the temple where you could worship the gods of fertility, but they started offering human sacrifices, their own kids, to the god of Molech, to the Baals. That somehow by making these living sacrifices, they would be able to appease the gods and discern the will of the gods. All the while doing this in the temple courts where the real God had revealed himself to them. They chased after. They sought after something that they could not see and they could not understand. The text begins using a, a word that picks up again next week. It talks about them being in darkness. And in some sense, if you read the stories that come just before this, if you read the stories of, of Israel's kings, especially around the time of Isaiah, it is as if they were tossing and turning in the dark. Which way shall we go? What shall we do? How are we going to get out of this situation? They had no clue where to turn, and so whoever suggested something, they chased after that. The word of God became ignored. The spirit of God was no longer listened to. The process of coming before God in worship was no longer participated in. They were really lost in the dark. possible some of us have been there. It's possible some of us have gone and turned to, to our horoscopes to read each day about what the stars say about who we are and what we can expect. I remember in high school meeting a, a guy named Tom and, and Tom and I got to know each other a bit and Tom, before he came to Christ, had been part of a satanic cult as a teenager chasing around, trying to understand how the world works by chasing after these things, and he spoke of it as darkness. Playing with a power he didn't understand. Most of us, I would say, haven't been in those spaces. Most of us haven't been in those spaces where we're chasing after other gods intentionally. Most of us don't have an idol stuck in the corner of our house that we worship and, and beseech to reveal the will of God to us. But most of us do experience the sense of tossing and turning, of feeling disconnected from God, of feeling as if God is absent, of wondering what's coming in our lives, of, of that anxiety of what comes next building up within us, of not knowing which way to turn. And not knowing how to get ourselves out of the mess we find ourselves in. Most of us have experienced that side of this. That tossing and turning that doesn't allow us to sleep at night, that wakes us up early, that haunts us throughout the day. God's speaking to a people, people of Israel and to us, who find ourselves in those places of intense anxiety, of worry, of fear, of doubt, where it's washing over us, and instead of crying out to God, we, we find ourselves saying, I don't even know where God is. Why isn't he more real to me? Why isn't he here with me now? 
It's this little line in the middle. Why consult the dead on behalf of the living? Consult the law and the testimony. As some of the translations put it this way, consult God's instruction and the testimony of warning. That testimony of warning refers back to a, a, a covenant. And, and here's where God's grace begins to enter in. That first glimmer of grace in this context where the people find themselves tossing and turning and not knowing which way to go. This little bit of grace referring back to the covenant. The testimony of warning. I, I won't read it here, but I encourage you at some time to, to turn to Deuteronomy 28. And read that whole chapter. It's a hard chapter to read. I warn you, it is hard to read. It's called the covenant curses. And it spells out all sorts of things that will happen to the people of Israel if they forsake God, if they turn to seek other gods, if in their wealth and privilege they fail to call on God, God promises to strip it all away from them. And one of the things that comes in that passage, you will be plagued with an anxious mind. You will fear someone chasing you even when there is no one chasing you. Those things come in. But, but the grace is not the curse itself. The grace being given in this text is that the covenant is still in effect. God is still saying to the people of Israel, even though you have wandered away, even though you have sought all these other gods, my covenant with you is still in effect. And because my covenant with you is still in effect, I'm going to hold you accountable to the covenant. I'm going to hold you accountable to what I have said. You will experience these consequences of failing to seek me of turning away from me. But my desire in getting you to seek or getting you to experience these things is not because I want you destroyed, but because I want your heart to turn. After you read Deuteronomy 28, continue reading 29 and 30. And 30 has Moses pleading with Israel, choose today, choose the life that God is setting before you. And Isaiah, in a very shorthand way, is saying, people of God, remember the covenant. Remember the word of God. Come back to it. Come back. We hear at the start of this Advent a call through Isaiah to the people of his time. Come back to the Lord. Return to the word of God. Return to God's covenant. Because God is still keeping covenant with you. Though you have turned from him, he has not turned away from you. This actually is a promise that God gives at the dedication of his temple. Second Chronicles 7. When I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain, or command locusts to devour the land, or send a plague among my people, Again, a shorthand way of referring to that testimony of warning. When I do all these things and bring all these things in your life, 
if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. The invitation at the open of Advent is to turn in the darkness, but not with a tossing and turning, but to turn in the sense of repentance. The literal Hebrew word for for repent means to turn around. It means you are walking one direction, and you stop, and you turn, and you walk the other way. You return. You return to the place where you began. God's word, to God's presence, to the God who desires you, who loves you, who has not forgotten about you, and who's not abandoned you. So this morning, our sermon's going to end, but it's going to transition us into a place of confession, where we have a time to confess our sins, as, even as we light the candle this morning to confess those ways where we say, God, I have been walking opposite from you, running from you, and I desire to turn back. Help me to desire to turn back to you because I see your faithfulness. I see your faithfulness coming in Jesus Christ. As I look for that day, I want that day to be alive in me. I want to live in you pray. Change our hearts, Lord. Expose in us the ways that we are chasing after what is not yet right, that we're trying to figure out and resolve on our own how we can live better lives and and make life better for us. Let our New Year resolution be simply to return to you. To turn to you. To confess our sins and to receive your grace. May you hear our prayers. May you forgive us. May you heal our land. In Jesus' name, amen.